gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Welcome aboard the Financial Independence Podcast. G'day, and welcome to another episode of Captain Fire, the Financial Independence Podcast, where I open the cockpit to some of the best and brightest in personal finance, as well as those who have reached or are on their way to financial independence. Before we get started, remember, nothing said here is financial advice, and you should always do your own independent research before making any financial choices. With that being said, I hope you enjoy the episode and learn something new. This podcast is brought to you by the best portfolio tracking tool for Aussie investors. ShareSite makes it incredibly simple to track your portfolio with automatic updates of share purchases and dividends, easy-to-read graphs, and comprehensive tax and performance reporting, all wrapped up in an easy-to-use cloud-based system. For users with fewer than 10 holdings, it is completely free, and I even used the free version for years. Head over to captainfire.com forward slash ShareSite dash review to see if ShareSite is for you. Captain Fire listeners can score themselves four months of ShareSite Premium for free by using the bonus signup code in the article. If you do ever decide to hold more than 10 stocks, be sure to use this code to get your first four months for free. Even if you do only plan to use the free version, using the code means if you ever do upgrade, you'll still get your four months for free. Ditch the Excel spreadsheet and complete your tax with a click of a button by signing up today. That's captainfire.com forward slash ShareSite dash review for your four free months. Okay, thanks for tuning in. This is part two of my Q&A session with Matt Rad from the eBusiness Institute. You can head to the blog to hear part one of our Q&A session and part three will be coming out very soon. Let's get stuck in. Some of your student results, I've seen from some of the emails and obviously I've met a lot of these people through our classes and online events and conferences but could you just mention a couple of cool student results that you've had? Maybe some ones that have hit it out of the ballpark and then maybe some more average representations. Yeah, that's a good question. I think what's important to note is who we train or we call it retrain with digital skills. And typically we are training people who are, I guess, white collar workers or corporate professional workers who want to transition out of the job. They tend to be a little bit older than maybe some of your audience, Captain Fi. Most of us have kids or whatever. So in terms of cool success stories, what I love is we have so many people that are effectively able to do that, which is quit their jobs and work from home so they can raise their kids. That's basically, when you think about it, that was Liz and my journey, right? And so that's our goal here is to give people digital skills. And I look at yeah, across our community and see the people that are changing their lives and realizing they can build up valuable online assets part-time whilst they're still transitioning out of their traditional careers. And a really good example of this, I think, and you've seen her many times, and this is Lisa. You know the story, Captain Fire, but I'll tell you, she bought a simple website for $2,000, just an affiliate website. Let's face it, crappy website. And this is one of the sites that she learned on. And she also bought it at the same time, similar time, another site for around $1,000. She learned how to, as you and I were talking, run these things like posting lots of content and stuff like that. Didn't make much money at first on the first one that she did, but she learned the process. And I kept saying to her, hey, that other $2,000 affiliate site, I think you should work on that. It's a really good site. And she finally did. This is where the saying comes from in our community. Matt's always right. That site <laughs> very quickly <laughs> went Matt to earning. Right. Yeah. So when she bought it, it was only making 200 bucks a month. This is net profit a month. Go Lisa. She applied what I said. It worked and it went to making $2,000 net a month. That sounds pretty cool. People are pretty impressed with that. Then it went to $5,000 a month. And then you know the story and I can say it here. It's gone way beyond that. This is when she decided to do this full-time, by the way. And she's had $30,000 months. Yeah, unreal. We actually had a broker, one of the world's leading website brokers at one of our boot camps. He, we were talking about this site and he said to Lisa in front of everyone, he said, if you let me sell that next week, I can sell that thing for you for a million dollars. Now, this is a website that cost her two grand. And this is a mum with two kids who's traditionally been a real estate investor and traditional business owner. And her accountant 
is in awe of her. He looks at her and goes, what are you doing? Like, you don't have any expenses. I can't write anything off because there are no expenses on this business. It's all profit. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Actually, it reminds me, I got to reach out to Lisa and see if she wants to talk about it on the blog because yeah, it's a pretty impressive story. Like uh, she, 30, 30 grand just a so month. you know, she's a very private person and it's interesting. She's not ready yet to talk about it publicly because she's going, let's just say, for a bigger goal. Ah, okay. And she's very goal-oriented, which is a lot of people in our community. So I'm personally coaching her right now on that and a couple of other sites so that she can hit a much bigger goal and then we're going to talk about it publicly. So stay tuned, watch what happens there. It's looking good, let's just say that. You get to that stage and I know obviously not financial advice, that kind of stuff, but to sell out a site for a million bucks, even if you wanted to convert that to like a traditional share investment, like a million bucks in ETFs, you're going to get on average your 10%. So 100K a year in dividends and capital growth, or even if that's 40 grand in dividends and 60 grand in capital growth. Yep. Awesome. Keep a little bit aside and get your next site or maybe. But can I just throw out another thing as a businessman? You ever heard the saying cash flow is king? Yeah. Just saying, why would I earn a boring 30 or 40 grand a year, she makes that a month. Oh, I know. It's very Cash impressive. Cash flow-wise. Yeah. Do, yeah. I, I, my advice to her is don't sell it and unless you're bored with it, build yeah. it up, keep it for the cash flow. Even if you just park it for the next five years, you're going to make a fortune off it. Yeah, it's a lot of money, isn't it? But I guess I'm just playing the devil's advocate with regards to you know, like me personally, I have a core holding of ETFs, index funds. And one of the things that helps me to sleep easy at night is knowing that those dividend checks, they're pretty regular. They're pretty reliable. Are they? Like even- Hang on. I'm going to question you on that one. What, yes. You're telling me the share market that's just dropped 30% is safer than a million-dollar website that continually pumps out 30 grand a month. No, I'm not saying it's I've, safer or a better investment. I'm just throwing it out there. As a, I'm a business person. You can see where I, I have yeah. learnt the hard way. Cash flow is king. Yeah. And anything that pumps out, high amounts of cash, I'm in and I don't but want so, to let that go. So what do you do with but You cash? think of Warren Buffett. What's the yeah. real secret to his success? Everyone knows. Re- reinvesting, bought, yeah. No, but he bought Geico. Yeah. So how did he really make his money in the early days? Geico is a huge cash-generating machine. Yeah, and then okay, he It's an insurance company. Yeah. It just pays out money like you would not believe, and he took a big ownership stake in that. We're doing the same thing here with websites. You, you need cash flow funds, everything. So we luckily had a mentor many years ago say to Liz and I, forget about trying to invest until you're earning a significant six-figure income. Now, not everyone's going to agree with this guy, right? Yeah. But he had a point, and he always said, cash flow first and then we invest and he was a hardcore business person like Liz and I he just loved he loved funnily enough he loved buying and selling businesses as well yeah. and obviously I need to be very careful about I need to share that because you are who you hang out with and we've only ever hung out with fellow friends who are really into buying and selling business assets and we view them as better than traditional real estate or a tra- I love shares don't get me wrong but it's funny who you hang around, you become, and it really influences us though. And so we've always gone for the cash flow. Why? Because we've had the pain of not having cash flow and it sucks. Yeah. And so in a recession, and we've been through, I've been through four of them in my time. I tell you what I like to have in a recession is cash flow. Cash flow, yeah. Give me that any day. How are your dividends looking in a recession? I don't know. I mean, how's the underlying asset looking? Now, of course, a business can go bankrupt very easily in a recession depending on the business it is. But again, I see online businesses as potentially a lot safer in a recession. Having been through, what was it? The GFC, the, the 2008, just when we were getting our websites going. And I can tell you they grew during the recession, not went down. It's interesting. Interesting because people, I've read people, articles that whilst they're not buying homes and luxury yachts, they're doing online shopping and they're going yep. onto the website. So Absolutely. Yeah. So you're and, actually and think about it. No matter what happens out there in the economy, the internet's here to stay, I think we can safely assume that. And so it means people are always going to be online. That means eyeballs. No matter what your website is, if there's eyeballs on it, you will make money. Yeah. That's okay. my rule anyway, and oh, that's my yeah. observation. Yeah, so it's just food for thought. I see 
oh, I'm not giving financial advice. I'm just sharing my personal opinion. And I do need to be upfront with everyone. I'm very biased because of who I've hung out with for the last 30 years. And that's a bunch of friends who are all very successful entrepreneurs through buying and selling businesses. And I'm yeah. very biased, but I actually see owning high cash flow businesses as a very smart thing to do. And, so you- and to me, they're more attractive than ETFs and stuff like that. Yeah. So just devil's advocate here, in Lisa's situation, say she's making around 30 grand a month. It doesn't always do that. That's a record month. It drops yeah. up and down as you like. It depends on the time oh, of year yeah. and everything. But, so but, let's just, yeah. for argument's sake, she's making a good amount of cash flow from the site. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is your recommendation in that situation? Would you be wanting to diversify into other asset classes, diversify into other websites, or would she want to be reinvesting that all that money into growing that site? It's a really good question. It's one of the things that I'm here to help my private clients with, and Lisa has asked me for that advice exactly. And the actual answer to that is, and anyone listen to how I coach, right? The actual answer to that is I will say to my client and I've, as Captain Fire, also advise high net worths and stuff on exactly the same kind of thing, what to do with their businesses and stuff. And it always starts out with, tell me what your goals are. What do you want to do in life? Like, you're happy to work for the next 10 years? You're happy to, do you want to retire and go and travel around the world with your husband and your kids? What do you want to do? It's very much dependent on the person. So I've got my opinions, but they're irrelevant. It's what the person wants to do. And then what we do is we help you create the perfect life of your dreams. I know it sounds so wonderful and everything, but basically that's what we're trying to do is. And together, like with my client, whoever the client is, I go, okay, tell me what your goals are. All right, let's now discuss and let's brainstorm the best strategy for you to achieve that with the assets that you've got. So the assets you have may not be a million dollar website. They're probably just a $5,000 website or a $2,000 website. So you think of all the coaching calls I've done with you, Captain Fi, it's always coming from the place of, I know where you want to go because I get you to feed that back to me and you've got to tell me your goals. So then it's pretty easy for me, someone who's as experienced as myself or Liz, and we've helped a lot of people, it's pretty easy then to figure out the best strategy for you. So in Lisa's instance, her goal is, she's a real go-getter, very goal-oriented person. That's who I love personally coaching, by the way, and a high-achieving, very successful – she's a work-at-home mum, but she's very successful with this strategy. And she said to me outright, I want to go bigger with this site and I don't want to do a full-on massive portfolio. So what I've said to her, though, is, okay, let's put money back into this site, but at the same time, let's buy a couple of other sites to complement it and possibly build out your portfolio. So that was my advice in her instance because why? Not just for safety or anything, but it's because she's got an awesome team, pretty light team. It's just two writers and an editor plus a few other part-time writers. I said, you've got this team, you've got the opportunity to really capitalise on what you're doing here and you can also be building up some other assets because these are assets and she can flick off a few others. So that's exactly what she's doing. But it's the 80-20 rule. She's putting most of her efforts into that site. Why? Because it's on a roll. It's winning. It's interesting having this conversation because there's me and you talking, but the fact that we're recording for the podcast, um, I just want to point out that Matt and I have had similar conversations about my yep. website portfolio <laughs> too. In fact, most yep. of the time it's Matt saying, what are you doing with these other smaller sites? Just focus on your big Get ones. Get focused. And then too, say in Lisa's instance, depending on what she wants to do because she's got a husband and a kid's there and they've got existing investments. And I've said to her, are you happy to take some of the cash out and put into traditional investments, pay down some real estate loans or whatever, but you know they don't need to. So they just can keep feeding this compounding machine. Yeah, and it sounds like everyone's situation's different. See, some of your listeners will be maybe a geared up. They've got loans on real estate. For them, someone listening here might get a website humming, making five grand a month or ten grand a month profit. For them, their best strategy or smartest strategy in the current environment might be take some of that profit and use it to pay down my loans. Yeah, that's been a big thing with our relationship. I know you've talked about, Liz, and your experience with um, 
property and then paying off the loans and living yep. debt free and Love it. yeah that certainly really appealed we're, to we're me. very different to most people there again by another mentor very similar idea cash flow is king and being debt free i highly recommend to anyone listening it's a pretty amazing thing to be debt free even if it's just for a short while or whatever but it's very freeing when you can run through life debt free and have cash cow machines yeah. Okay. That's obviously a longer answer. It was a very. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It was a very difficult. Yeah, we went question. off on a tangent there. It, I haven't even told you some of the other, as you some of the other amazing, cool stories. Actually, let me give you one more example, Captain Five, that I think your listeners will love because it might be more relevant to your demographic. You know them quite well, Nathan and Alexa. They're a young couple. Oh, the, yes, the cheese site. Yeah, yeah, they bought their first site, and they know nothing about cheese making. But with, what we've got to remember is Nathan was an electrician. And Alexa was working customer service and they're trying to do the real estate thing. Yeah, they were trying to become financially independent through real estate. Maybe a lot of your listeners have tried and they found very quickly here in Australia, you max out with the banks and it was very difficult and there's no cash flow from it. So websites have been their main vehicle. And as their first big success was buying that basic little cheese website for a thousand bucks and they got it to making a thousand dollars a month profit and then sold it for $17,000. But since then, they've gone on and what they do is they just specialize in exactly what we teach, which is buying run-down little passion sites. They don't have to be interested in the niche themselves, but very simple little run-down passion sites for not much money, fixing them up and then keeping them for the high cash flow. So at the moment, they've got a really cool website. They bought this site here in Australia, it's a, all about gardening. Yeah, the gardening paid, site. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. It's awesome. They only paid 400 bucks for it and it's up to making – it's now making $4,000 a month. Yeah, it's pretty impressive because I have one in the gardening niche as well and it's nowhere near as good as theirs. Every time I look at theirs, I'm like, oh, God, I've got to be doing this. I've got, I've got to be doing that. <laughs> and the other site too I'll mention is just to – so you guys listening realize you don't have to be an expert in the niche. Nathan's an electrician. He bought a crochet site of which he knows nothing about. And that thing is pretty much semi-passive. It makes them about eight grand a month. And they literally, they talk about this at our boot camps and stuff. They literally, like you said, Captain Fi, the only work on it that they do is the keyword research, the rest their team handles, and they only work on it two weeks a year. Yeah, that's and pretty awesome. Eight grand a month that one is actually growing now too because they've decided to put some more work into it you have you've got these on youtube don't you matt i've yep. seen you've done interviews with these guys and you've got the shorts yep. on and yep. plug as well matt's got a podcast now as well so i'm pretty sure some of your longer interviews yes. you're releasing this podcast now yeah these guys are on our digital investors podcast yeah, w- so you can see worth- all these stories there nathan alexa and lisa are a really good cross-section we normally train people like Lisa who are working home mums and stuff. But we do have a range of younger people on our courses like Nathan and Alexa and like yourself who are trying to do the fire thing. And what's worked really well for them is buying these simple little content sites, learning how to fix them up. We call them passion sites. And like in gardening or dog training or crochet or cheese making. And yeah, and then building them up. This doesn't happen overnight. It takes a couple of years to build these up, but then they become successful assets so typically that's the other question everyone asks how long does it take for nathan alexa to get to those most of those sites take them one to two years to build up and when they're looking to buy them and i know you've also used the term diamonds in the rough yep how do you go prospecting like how do you find these ones and how do you sort them out from the crap one captain fire you're asking me specific questions you got to do our course <laughs> i don't want to give away everything no the answer to that is you need to know what you're looking for it's like yeah. i answered one of your other questions this is where knowledge is so valuable if you know how to do due diligence on a website and fix up a website can you imagine what that skill yeah. is worth to you over the next decade absolutely so it's due diligence it's yep. knowing how to spot bingo that's it like proper traffic know that they're yep. legitimate eyeballs so understanding yep. how google analytics works yeah not Unders- just that though it's the knowledge of what you're going to do with the website yeah. for instance with that gardening site that nathan bought right he didn't even have to look at the google analytics i mean honestly he broke well, a few for, rules but i said it's perfectly works. okay on a site like that he just recognized the opportunity because he had the knowledge to do what fix it up He'd done the prep traps, you know how we say that all the time. You got to learn first. You got to do the prep traps because he'd done that before with other websites. 
the minute he saw that website for sale, it wasn't for sale, he approached the guy and he's just done it again actually with another one in the same niche, in the gardening niche. It's a private approach. He's just gone out and virtual door knocking and the minute he saw that site, 400 bucks, he didn't really have to spend a lot of time doing due diligence because 400 bucks is nothing. It was yeah. more that he knew the knowledge. He already had another site in the gardening niche that he knew was doing quite well. It was, It's making couple of grand a month that other site so you just thought for 400 bucks i'll just rinse and repeat and he bought it yeah so if anyone out there has a financial independence website they're looking to sell please contact <laughs> captify we'll, yeah we'll write some it. checks awesome captify see that's yeah. a thinking i'll actually seriously that's how you do it you got to let your network know yeah. and that you're in the market to buy and you're a cash buyer seriously anyone listening to this that has a financial independence site you should be speaking to captain fi i'm sure he'd love to buy it off you yeah it's funny as part of our coaching i've been selling some of my smaller portfolio sites and you yeah, I had a couple that I really loved. One that I was really passionate about was the beekeeping one. I was obviously spending way too much time on it. But yeah, I am also selling some of them too, reprioritizing my focus just onto the bigger sites. So speaking of buying and selling sites, what do these things go for, Matt? What's your typical return on investment or price? And yeah. how is that related to the cash flow? In the current market, we're seeing typically three to four times so what that means is if a site makes $100,000 a year, typically if you want to buy that site, it's going to cost you around 300000 Say it makes you $10,000 a year, you're going to pay around thirty grand for that. So pretty good cash flow returns. It's standard business cash flow returns as well. By the way, bricks and mortar businesses sell for the same amount, but they need a lot more investment behind them to keep them running. Whereas yeah. these things, I mean, it's not set and forget though. You don't just spend your 30 grand and magically make 10 grand for the rest of your life type thing off them. They're not like shares. You do have to do a bit of stuff to them and you'll have to fix them up and things like that. But to get in the game, you're looking at a three to four times. Similarly, conversely, if you're looking to sell your website assets, if you've got a website that makes 10 grand a year, then you would expect to sell it for around thirty to $40,000. Now, if you're smart, you can sell it for a hell of a lot more than that though, if you know what you're doing. Yeah, and this reminds me, you gave a lecture about roll-ups yep. and this absolutely blew my mind in that corporates buying up smaller sites at around that three to four multiple. But when they chuck that into their asset pool as a big company and it's mm. listed, all of Absolutely. a sudden the underlying asset is valued much higher. So I'm not doing it justice. Maybe you can explain it a bit better and how well, that's why that's work. why it gets easier the richer you get. Because the bigger the deals, the more money you make. So not a recommendation as a beginner for you to rush out there and start doing these big deals, but this is how it's done. And this is what was my specialty all those years ago, working with in M&A and stuff with these private equity firms. What they would do is buy web businesses on a three to four times multiple. They raise funds so they can buy up a whole bunch of them and then they make the conglomerate big enough so that they can IPO it. So take it onto the share market. And all of a sudden, it's worth here in Australia, PE ratios are anywhere from 15 to 25 times for manufacturing or wholesale import businesses. That's what I was helping these guys buy. They're making seemingly money out of thin air. Now, <laughs> what's the difference there? It's the knowledge and who they know. It's, that's what knowledge is worth to you. But I watched it in front of my very eyes. I sold them businesses for three to five million, sometimes $10 million. And then I'd watch them buy multiple businesses like that and then it would be worth five times that straight yeah, away it's overnight. It's unreal. And even with Albors, with his car website, like yeah. that got sold out to a big listed conglomerate, the yep. media. Was it Nine? It was Channel Nine that bought Ch that site. Yeah, so, Channel Nine. I couldn't believe so it. So that, that's the other thing that can happen in this game. If you hit a big winner and your site goes into the seven and eight figure range, you are laughing because the sale price jumps through the roof, particularly if it's a big corporate that wants to buy it because they're used to paying much higher multiples. So again, this is where people don't realize this. Business gets easier the bigger you get and the more successful you get. 
and it's not a slog. And I think unless you've been exposed to this, people don't realize how easy it is to make money out of thin air when you know what you're doing. I mean, even at a small level, when you think about it, Captain Fire, it's pretty cool what Nathan and Alexa have done. Out of thin air, they see this site for 400 bucks. They know what to do with it. Now it's making four grand a month. I've got an even better example. And I know we're going back down now to small. Everyone's going, no, look about the big multi-million dollar stuff. Here's a really cute example though that's way smaller is Annette, one of our digital investor students. She learned all this stuff off us and she's a grey nomad, right, traveling around Australia. Oh, she bought the site yeah. in a caravan park from another nomad. That was in a private Facebook group that she was in of another grey oh, nomad. Another traveler. She's old and no yeah. one else, this lady just stuck it onto the Facebook group and said, hey, we're going to settle down now. We're stopping traveling around Australia. We've had a travel blog for the last 14 years does anyone want to buy it and not a single other person in that facebook group made an offer or was interested in it so annette just pm'd her and said oh i'll give you five grand for it deal done and she's already had within our community multiple offers of ten thousand and above on the same site that site now is making four thousand dollars a month and he's helping to fund her traveling around australia same site and that's awesome and so four grand a month nearly 50 grand a year so yep. a hundred hundred and fifty thousand dollar valuation at a conservative yep. three times multiple. Absolutely. So from five five grand to hundred and fifty. Yeah. That she won our best website buy of the year last year at our annual conference. Because yeah. it's just such a cool story. Because what's amazing is not a single other person recognized the value in that site that lady offered in that Facebook group. Whereas Annette saw it straight away as would anyone in our community as well. And that's why knowledge in this field is worth so much. And that's how come Nathan and Alexa got that gardening site for 400 bucks. The owner had no idea what it was worth and he was happy to sell it for 400 bucks because it didn't make him any money, the owner. So he was happy to sell it for 400 bucks. And in his hands, it wasn't worth that much. In Nathan and Alexa's hands, it's worth a lot more. Same as with Annette, the travel site wasn't actually worth that much money to the owner because they didn't know how to make money off it. But Annette's done our course. She knows how to make money. She's fixed it up and got it to making four grand a month. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Like four pretty grand cool. a month. Like, like, I mean, I, honestly, my cost of living is like half of that. So you <laughs> so. travel around Australia. See, that's what knowledge is worth to you though. And I think yeah. that's why Warren Buffett says, always invest in your knowledge or in your education. I think that's... it's. And he says only that. invest in things you don't invest in. No, no, that's one of his things. No, someone asked him or one of his famous quotes is, what's the best investment you can make? And he says oh, the in best yourself. investment you can make is in yourself and in your education. Yeah. And yeah, I think these are perfect examples of that. And that's the thing people don't realize in my world, I see people make money seemingly out of thin air. I did an interview today with the CEO of Flipper and he said the same thing, what we're talking about here, Captain Fire, with these big deals. He said these guys are big buyers, the big corporate buyers. They're coming into this marketplace now and they're paying up big money for good websites, really big money for good websites. And then what they're doing though is because they're publicly listed, all of a sudden, those sites are worth a lot more money on their balance sheet than it is in a private individual's hands. And also, they've got the money to leverage them up even more. So it's a win-win for everyone. It's a beautiful time. Do you have a side hustle? My side hustle is websites, a form of digital real estate. If you want to learn more about this lucrative side hustle, check out my review of the eBusiness Institute and their online self-paced courses. They cover everything from total beginners right through to advanced web design and how to buy, renovate, and sell websites for profit. As a graduate of Matt and Liz's courses, I can't thank them enough for the valuable web skills they gave me, and now I enjoy growing my portfolio of websites for income. Captain Fire listeners can register for free access to some of these courses by signing up using the link at www.captainfire.com forward slash ebusiness-institute-review. Build your portfolio of digital real estate and start using websites to make money today. I've had a realization that like people that are buying index funds they're probably actually owning underlying assets, which include websites. Oh, was that a doubt they would be? Yeah, so there you go. You probably already own these things. That's going to be a growing trend. It's still relatively new, but it is definitely, that's a big growing trend now, which we're very excited about. You wait to see what happens over the next five years in this space, far out. It's going to get really exciting. 
So speaking of trends, Matt, what are some of the other big trends that are happening in well, the industry? It's my favorite one because I loved my days back when I was doing mergers and acquisitions with these big private equity firms and stuff. It was As a young entrepreneur, it was very exciting to watch them buy up these multi-million dollar businesses and stuff. And what I'm super excited about this is what I talked to today with the CEO of Flippo, the world's biggest, biggest marketplace for website deals and I always check in with them and see where you know what's happening out there and I did an interview with them about it the big end of town now is coming to this space and that is in my experience I saw it happen with bricks and mortar businesses when that happens it what it means is there's a ton of money out there all of a sudden looking to buy websites now don't be small-minded here. Don't be thinking, oh, that drives up the price of website assets. No, it doesn't. It drives up the price of website assets at the top end because what you don't realize is these big corporate buyers, they're actually not allowed to spend anything less than a million dollars or less than $10 million. Nice problem to have, by the way, isn't it? Jeez, that's pretty cool. I remember the first time I saw that. I remember the first time I sat with a famous private equity firm in Sydney and he, he came out to meet me and have lunch with me. And it was just through an introduction and he looks at me and he goes, I know what you're thinking, Matt. And I said, what's that? And he goes, you're thinking, why the hell would someone like me come and meet someone like you out in the suburbs? And he was very confident, super confident. And he goes, because I need people like you to find me deals because I have a problem. The minimum check I will write for a business is $40 million. And I think he saw my jaw hit the ground. <laughs> And he said, I need to know there are people like you out there looking for businesses like that for me. And it's exactly the same now with these websites. So this is what Blake, CEO of Flipper, was telling me today. They can't spend anything less than $10 million. And what it means, though, is there's a lot of money looking to buy up website assets. Now, start thinking through, they're not allowed to buy small websites. Who's allowed to buy small websites? Oh, we are. Nathan Alexa, the Captain Fies, the Annettes, the Matt and Lizers, the all Matt and Lizers community. We go out there and buy these small website assets, build them up, and then sell them on to the big buyers for a really high multiple. That's the goal. And obviously, we were talking about Lisa before, that's one of her big goals. That's how you get the multi-million dollar sellout. And that comes back to this dream situation and it is a dream situation not every website deal turns into this you gotta realize this is a process it's business but the good news is you can buy diamonds in the rough i.e small rundown websites and if you can fix them up and you've got the skills the cool thing is over the next five to ten years we're going to see more and more big end buyers come into this space why because they're realizing exactly the same thing that maybe you're realizing listening to this podcast right now is that, wow, websites rock. They are highly leveraged. Tip a bit of capital into them and they can go to the moon. So that's what these guys want and they're happy. And also you've got to remember too, the big corporate buyers, they can't grow as easily as us small business owners, okay? So what do they got to do? They got to buy the eyeballs. So it's just this ultimate win-win situation. It's almost a perfect storm. Even with a recession, doesn't matter. In the last recession, just so I know most of your audience are Aussies, aren't they, Captain Fight? Yeah, mostly Aussies, but surprisingly a lot increasing number of Americans as well. Americans will know this. The GFC, for all you Aussies listening to this, and you're probably too young to remember the major effects of this, but the GFC... Really, we didn't get that affected by it here in Australia. But in America, it was very bad, okay? So 2008, 2009, you know what? know what's interesting? As bad as it got, website valuations still went up, not down. The website space is an interesting place or website incomes still went up because it's eyeballs. People are still on the internet. That's how we make money. It's just off the eyeballs. So I think you're saying what are the couple of big things that changed in the last few years is firstly, the amount of big corporate buyers that are coming in the space, which is a really good thing for the marketplace and real content sites now are hugely valuable. They're recognized because of lots of Google updates and things like that. The people who are smart and building what we call high quality websites, that's where the money is in the future. And the good news is you can do that at home in your Jimmy Jams once you know what you're doing. So I think they're two of the biggest things. Oh, and actually there is a third big trend too, which COVID helped along. A lot more people suddenly realized, possibly like you listening to this podcast, that websites are legitimate businesses and it's a means to work from home the hours you want, wherever you want. So website assets have become very popular 
and a lot more legitimized, which Liz and I think is amusing because, as you all heard, I think they're safer than traditional businesses or investments anyway. But what it means is there's a lot more websites out there now. So there's a really robust buy and sell marketplace out there. So three huge big new trends that are around in the last two to three years that I think are really exciting for even total beginners getting online. This is a hugely exciting time. Yeah. And the other big thing we've seen is AI. So chat GPT, Jasper, and yep. the GPT-3, I must admit, I don't know a lot about it. Yep. The GPT-3 seemed to be pretty good, but I've been told that the GPT-4, like the next generation of AI, it mm-hmm. is really cool. So I mean, even chat GPT, you can just chuck in an answer to chat GPT and it gives you, it's a fairly tailored but somewhat generic response. It's not going to answer how to invest or find the next best website or anything like that. But in terms of content generation, I mean, obviously if you're just going to put spammy shit on your site, it's not going to rank. But as an aid to content generation, it seems pretty good. Absolutely. It helps you, means we can create content a lot quicker because you can create the outlines and it even creates subtitles and titles very effectively. I'm super impressed with it. And GPT-4 is going to be even more awesome. It's a really cool tool for us working online. Some people are scared by it. I say the opposite. I'm just looking at, oh man, this is just the ultimate productivity tool. And those who know what they're doing and are doing the opposite of pumping out spam crappy material are going to win big time with this. And that's exactly, plug for us, that's exactly what we teach. We're really good at teaching people to do really good keyword research. That's honestly the secret to it. That's what Nathan and Alexa spend all their time doing, keyword research, as do you, Captain Fight. That's the money-making skill here. It's not the creating the content. So now creating the content's becoming commoditized and a lot easier. It's in the smarts, knowing what to do, knowing what content to create, knowing the keyword research and knowing what to do with the websites. And that's the bit that I'm really excited about. And combine that with the fact that there's way more buyers, there's a huge marketplace for this, plus genuine content websites becoming more and more valuable. This is the perfect time to be doing this. Yeah, so Matt, we've been obviously at the moment, there's a bit of chat about the financial markets. We've seen the stimulus effect with COVID essentially putting the whole world into lockdown. Masses Mm. of money printed, lots of currency, I should say, being printed. And now we're seeing some of the repercussions with interest rate rises. We've seen a couple of big global banks shut down and there's a bit of nervous people around. This is not your first rodeo. (laughs) You've been through, what, four or five five of these recessions. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, I guess, the current market, inflation and interest rates? And how does that affect people trying to achieve financial independence? First of all, I should say who I am and where I'm coming from so that your listeners realize. And if any of you, if you've listened to the earlier podcast that I've done with Captain Fire, you'll know I'm very passionate about buying and building website assets because they're highly leveraged and they're little mini cash cows in their own right. Now, I am very passionate about that, but I will also say I am a full-time investor and have been for many years, and I invest in all asset classes, including shares. I'm very heavily invested in shares, not so much in real estate, but I'm always looking to buy and sell website businesses, online businesses, and that's where I'm coming from. So I just want to say that at the outset because I know one of the other podcasts I was suggesting, my feelings are in this current environment, with everything that you just mentioned, Captain Fi, for me personally, for Liz and a bunch of our friends actually, we're all just realising, hang on a minute, why would I stick money into the share market just at the moment? I'm just holding back off on that because I see it a lot safer to put money into websites based on my deep experience out there and my own personal experiences of having been through four recessions, particularly I've been through two tech booms. So 2001 or saw the 2001 crash, we were investing in shares then and also the 2008, we're investing in shares up until then as well and we'd done extremely well out of it. And also we had the COVID crash and now we've got what's happening now. For me personally, I just think it's a no-brainer for me knowing what I know to put money into websites because they're just no matter what happens to the economy, they're just cash cow machines. And one thing that you need to look at very carefully that 
you mentioned Captain Fire interest rates, but also what a lot of people don't realize is when you'd certainly realize it when you're an investor is inflation is a massive wealth killer. So you need to be very you need to be thinking if you've got capital, where do you want to allocate it? Because inflation can eat away at your capital. And so what do you do? Do you stick your money in bonds and high interest term deposits or do you stick it into real estate? It's a tricky time out there. I mean, I'd ask you, Captain Fly, what's the general feeling at the moment, let's say here in Australia in the fire movement? Where are people wanting to put their money? It's an interesting question and I guess it delineates the difference between speculators or long-term investors. And I'm yep. not, I can preface this with say I'm a fairly junior investor. You know, I've only really been doing this since seriously 2017 so it's not five five or six years it's not a long time mm. but with the movements in the market i personally am opting to just pay down a bit of debt on my investment property at the moment so Very i'm smart. basically just yep. putting some cash into my offset account i'm continuing to reinvest money that my business makes into growing the business and that's content awesome and yep. but i'm not rushing to sell any share. I mean, I've been dollar cost averaging, just auto invest into yep. my shares. And at the highest peak, I think in the shares, there was about 980,000. I think it's down to about 930 at the moment. I deliberately try not to look at it. And when dividends come out, they just get reinvested. Yeah, I personally don't know how to stock pick. I don't know how to time the market. So my philosophy is I'm just going to ignore it. However, I know that there are probably people that are a lot smarter than me. I have more experience. They're able to make more money actively investing or certainly not going the passive index fund route. It's, it so what also- I would comment is, anyone listening, I'm not, I'm not giving financial advice here. It's just an observation of, because I'm in a unique position in that for the last 30 years, I've worked with business owners and typically they're high net worths. And I've learned a lot from hanging around high net worth through, particularly through the GFC. And so we're involved in selling businesses and helping them acquire businesses during that time and leading up to that time. And what you want to think about is you got to be very careful is what I've learned. And in later years as a full-time investor myself, you got to watch interest rates and inflation rates very carefully. If you're a long Obviously, as you are, and I'm presuming your listeners are because you're in the fire movement, this is one of the things I love about the fire movement, right? You guys are really good at educating yourselves on the value of long-term investing. And it seriously impresses me. This fire movement that happens online now, I think it's awesome how you guys help each other and the information and the education that you give each other. That was not around when Liz and I first started trying to figure out how to make money and how to invest long-term. I've always been fascinated by investing long-term and investing in shares. And it's hard to learn this stuff. And I'm seriously impressed with the FIRE movement. I think everyone's got their head screwed on right there. And there's some really good information out there. But here's something from my point of view. I have a very unique aspect in that, again, hanging around high net worth business owners who are full on about buying and selling businesses, right? Think about if one of your goals is not just financial independence, but it's also to generate a significant amount of wealth in your life, then think about all the people in your own life and have a look at them. How many have actually made significant wealth? I'll guarantee the ones that do, the clear majority of them will have done it through their own business at some point. That's certainly been my experience. And so I would suggest no matter where you're at, It's a smart move if one of your goals in life is to generate significant wealth for you at some point to have your own business, okay? I know it's super smart. You need to have investments and stuff. That's fine. They tend to be more passive and everything. But if you want to generate significant wealth, particularly if there is a recession, because that's when the greatest opportunities come up, by the way, it is a super smart move to have your own business of some kind. And because businesses... The biggest benefit of businesses that I see in times like this is their cash cow machines. And it's really handy to have cash at hand when there's sudden flash crashes. I'm not saying there's going to be a big recession or anything like that, but it's certainly not looking good out there. Things are going to be a bit rocky, possibly. And what I've learned is it's that's how you get seriously rich, is when you're the bunny with the cash 
when everyone else is panicking and you can just quickly jump in and buy cheap assets at fire sale prices. Now, recently, Liz and I were very fortunate to be able to do this, which was during the COVID crash in the share market. If you remember, Captain Fire, I said to everyone, don't panic. This is, it doesn't fundamentally make sense. I'm actually buying. It's the most money I've ever made out of shares. Very lucky to just buy at the bottom because we had cash and everyone else was panicking and the rest is history. The share market just doubled from there. It was easy. It was like, it was the easiest thing ever. But I don't think we're heading into time. For me personally, I don't think we're heading into times like that again in the near future. I think what we may possibly have is an actual real recession on our hands. And for me personally, I think you do need to be careful out there if you want to generate significant wealth, how you go about doing it now and watch very closely inflation. It can be a big eroder of your value. Whereas you think about it, if you own a little cash cow website, we've been saying this as you can for the last decade. We've been saying to people, I don't care whether we've got inflation, deflation, stagflation, my little cash cow websites generate me an income every single month, no matter what. And yeah, they're cash machines. It's definitely very handy. Like it's something that's made me feel a lot better about my investing is having investments in multiple asset classes, having some allocated to my index funds, having some allocated to property. The crypto pile is not looking so hot at the moment, Matt. No, it is for anyone. <laughs> the websites on my business has been the clear performer. Like obviously I've got a good chunk invested in various asset classes, but the in terms of the percentage return on investment, yeah, the business has been the best for me. So like when people come down to, I guess, portfolio and like trying to figure out their risk tolerance. Yeah. There's another funny quote. I can't remember if it's Warren Buffett or Charlie Munger. I think it's Buffett. He says, when the tide goes out, you'll see who is swimming naked. Absolutely. <laughs> so, and he's talking yep. about obviously risk tolerance. There's a lot of tech bros that made a lot of money pumping crypto before the crash. Now with the interest rates coming up, inflation in a bit ridiculous really. Yeah. Asset prices, we've seen some corrections. There's definitely volatility. A lot of people are freaking out. And I guess maybe yeah, they well, haven't I got think, there. Yeah, I think that's why what you're doing is very smart. Like Warren says, it's when interest rates start rising up, anyone with heavy debt, we're about to see who's standing naked because that's what that's debt is always the killer. So I guess as a kid, I watched my parents nearly go bust because here in Australia, there was this thing called the recession we had to have in 1987. And mum and dad, that was just when I was finishing up high school. And mum and dad were, they were real battlers. We grew up on farms and they had hardly any money and they tried to buy real estate. Now, interest rates went to 17% very quickly. That was a seriously scary time. And they nearly went bust over it. And I think from that, I've always had an avert, because back then I was I didn't want to be poor like how I grew up and I was determined to figure out how to make money and I think watching mum and dad nearly lose everything, not that we had a lot, but you know, nearly go bust, it gave me an aversion to debt and I think now, fast forward today and you hear statements like that from Warren Buffett and you realise and that's smart thinking with interest rates going up, we're about to find out who's standing naked and we're starting to see that happen anyway. The share market's corrected, what, 20 to 30%, depending on the sort of stocks that you're holding there. It's right at an inflection point as we speak, potentially. Could go up, could go down, but you've got to also remember too, I would say, if here's the other thing you might want to factor in. Japan has, what, 10 to 20-year sideways market, if not a bear market. So don't be thinking that shares can't just keep going down for a long time. There might not be a flash crash. It might be something that goes for 10 years. So what I would be doing in times like this is stress testing where you're at and looking at what you're doing with your cash, reducing some debt. Obviously, that's a very smart thing to do. And be just stress testing and maybe trimming some fat off in some areas if you need or raising a little bit of cash because we don't know what's about to happen. Again, I'm not giving financial advice. I'm sharing what Liz and I are doing. For us, we're obviously still looking at buying website assets because they just generate cash flow. And if I can get them at a good price, that's great too. But also we are sitting on cash getting ready for the panic sales, which we know will come if there is a recession. I think that will be a really good time. It may not happen though. That's the thing. It's a weird it's a weird time. No one has a crystal ball. Warren Buffett says no one knows what's really going to happen in the future. But I notice he does say in another part in one of his books, he says, the chances of another recession are 
It's just that no one knows when it's going to hit. So there's always recessions somewhere. So I guess you want to figure out too, you got to remember as well, with investments like with shares and things like that, it's not just inflation, interest rates, possible recession. There's also tax as well. And if you can start training yourself, if you're looking for financial independence, retire early, if it was me, I'd always be thinking cash flow. Like my mentor said to me many years ago, he said to Liz and I, sort your cash flow out first before you really start going full on into investing. And that's helped us enormously. And I think it's set us up for who and where we are today by sorting out cash flow. We've always got cash flow. doesn't matter what happens. We're always going to have cash flow. And no matter what happens, we've always got the knowledge to generate cash flow now. And that means you can sleep well at night. So... I think that's very worth thinking about. And coming back to my point, if you haven't thought of a business before, and again, I'm not giving specific financial advice or anything like that, but if you do have a goal of being significantly wealthy and you don't own your own business, you should probably start learning how to do it or looking into it because there's some big benefits to owning your own business, especially if you're smart and you get the right kind. If it's a good business and generates lots of cash, it can be very handy as a way to generate wealth. Thanks for listening to part two of my Q&A session with Matt. Make sure you tune in for the last part three coming very soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Captain Fire Financial Independence Podcast. To read the transcripts or check out the show notes, head over to www.captainfire.com for all the details. If you have a question for the captain, make sure to get in touch. You might even make it on the airwaves. You can reach me online through the Captain Fire contact form or get in touch through the socials. I'm active on Facebook and Instagram as well as a number of online finance and investing forums. And finally, remember, the information presented on the show and the links provided are for general information purposes only. They should not be taken as constituting professional financial advice. You should always do your own research when making any financial decisions and make sure it's appropriate for your personal circumstance. 